Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Bald Move Pulp Podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for all of pulp television and movies. I don't know. Uh, this is the first time we've really done anything like this, where we've covered a TV series standalone from uh, not in its own feed. And so I'm, I don't know what to say here, but uh, we're going to be talking about Loki. The first episode dropped uh, this morning, actually, at 3 a.m. our time. I stayed up and watched it. Uh, it's called Glorious Purpose. And we're going to find out if it has a glorious purpose or not. Uh, Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, my special guest host this week, Aaron Hubbard. Yeah, I just keep sticking around, you know, I, I auditioned for something like 12 years ago and here I am. Yeah. Uh, one day you'll get a permanent spot. Uh, what do you think of the first episode of Loki? Uh, I really liked it. I mean, going in, I had seen, you know, I've been kind of following what the, our buddy Joanna Robinson has been saying and like my hero, Alan Zeppenwall, and they were pretty universal in saying, hey, this first episode we like, but also it's doing a lot. It's really like Atlas style has the weight of the entire series on its back. And it's like there's all these concepts yeah. to explain. And you even wonder, like, if they could even do an episode like this, had it not been for works like the Rick, like Rick and Morty and devs that have been paving the way and the, and the, and the cultural consciousness to kind of understand timey wimey bullshit. And I guess you can go back to like modern doctor who and stuff like that, because like, it just takes it for granted that you know what all that shit is and how it kind of sort of works mm -hmm. and then builds on that. Um, but I liked it. I liked it because and I, and I kind of agree with uh, some of those people are deciding that like the reason this works is because Tom Hiddleston um, as, as Loki is just really entertaining and he's kind of a funny guy um, yeah. and Owen Wilson uh, as his foil the agent Mobius of the TVA uh, is also a famously fun and watchable and kind of light touch guy and you give these guys this really heavy dense material and uh, it mostly sings like when they're doing their kind of verbal sparring and stuff I thought it, it really worked well what do you think about it uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I liked this episode. I I found it pretty hard as somebody who's like a fringes sort of Marvel fan um, who like watches the movies but doesn't get too into the lore. Honestly, can't remember a lot of what happened in the Thor movies. Um, barely had an outline of of Loki's timeline up to now. Uh, I found it a little hard to remember if like the things I was seeing happened in the timeline or if they were part of the new show that was like retconning some things. Uh, as comic books tend to do. But there's a mechanism within the show to deal with that and to kind of push it all aside and say, eh, you don't really need to know that stuff. And that's, you know, part of what makes these Marvel shows easier to watch is yeah. you don't have to be an expert. It will hold your hand through the hard parts of this. And the beginning of this, there's a lot of hard parts because it's establishing entirely new factions of people, entirely new... uh portions of the universe that you haven't seen yet uh, a lot of new terminology uh, and of course like a, a lot of like recap of some of the Avengers stuff so 
I I found it was hard to get settled in this at first because my mind was just swimming with all these new things. But once I did, I was like, okay, I see what they're going for with the show. And I think I'm in. I am hoping I guess what I'm hoping is that it will go places with the time travel stuff that they introduced in this first episode uh, and not just kind of make that a backdrop for a standard Avengers type story. Hmm. Yeah, I I kind of agree with all that. I'm a little like as I I was a big fan of Marvel, but the thing that's been my bane for the entire MCU is that I was a fan of the X-Men, New Mutants, Uncanny X-Men, X-Factor. I was a big mutant guy. I was a big Spider-Man guy and like adjacent to things of that. So I was also a big Punisher guy. I was a big Daredevil guy. But like Avengers and Fantastic Four and some of this other stuff that has, uh, you know, Iron Man, um, Hulk, some of the backbone of the MCU, I was largely ignorant of. Like, I mean, obviously, I, you know, they had crossover events and, mm-hmm. um, you you always got a little bit, you know, Wolverine to pal around with Captain America for a bit because they're old war buddies, you know. Uh, but like you, I I didn't get this stuff, and and there's a a lot of that that there's I I kind of have weaknesses in too. But I do, I you know, I, I've seen all the MCU stuff. I've seen most of them multiple times. I actually went and rewatched Thor to the Dark World because I wanted to, you know, hey, give Loki the best shot. And I immediately regretted it after the episode because like literally the 10 seconds of that movie that I needed to see was <laughs> put in entirely in context yeah. uh, for me to enjoy this one. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, that, by the way, that's a nice rule of thumb for these MCU shows. If you see a big dollar asset like fucking Sir Anthony Hopkins strolling around on the screen or Rene Russo or, you know, God forbid, Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr., they did not get these people back. This is repurposed footage. Maybe it might be cutting room floor footage or something like that. But like these guys are only going to come back for the half billion dollar movies. They're not going to be coming back for the, you know, Owen Wilson led uh, Loki miniseries. So all that stuff was footage that we preview, you know, uh, Odin saying goodbye to his sons and giving up himself to the Odin force, whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. he's doing. Like all that stuff was from other other movies. Um, And again, if you hadn't seen him, it didn't matter because they gave you the scene. They gave you the context of the scene and they gave you what it means to Loki to see the right. scene. Uh, so I, I felt like it did a pretty good job of that. And like, but, but, but also this just had a lot of heavy lifting to do to introduce mm-hmm. a entirely unknown to MCU watchers only branch of the Marvel universe that is extremely powerful and extremely weird. And raises a lot of questions honestly about what's come before and what will come hints um and maybe i don't know we'll probably be talking about that over the next several weeks but but i liked it and it works primarily because the stars are likable and that's that's that helps yeah it's definitely um a show that just kind of tosses you in but uh because like those first scenes you're not sure exactly what you're seeing or exactly who these people are and then they catch you up uh as the episode goes which that was cool, but they, they also grounded in familiarity, right? We watched Avengers recently, I think like two weeks ago on Sci-Fi Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. And the show picks up exactly where you think it might, where Loki disappears, right? Uh, with the test raft. Yeah. So, and then and that's it the goes guy. from there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say that like, if you don't, haven't seen like the Avengers in game, that that's 
you'd probably be lost. But then again, why the fuck would you be watching the Loki show if you were not invested in MCU enough to even watch the main line Avengers right. series, you know? Yeah. Like, it's one thing to be like, oh, God, I didn't watch Thor 2. The Dark. But if you didn't watch Infinity War and Endgame, then, like, do you even like this stuff? Why Why yeah. did you decide? Are you just a, did a friend drag you along? What was it? Yeah. Or yeah, sure, you're just you like, you just, just, just have a hunt. Yeah, you just can't, you know, uh, there's not never going to be another night manager and this is the the, the, the best it's going to get. So you're just why? Well, OK, well, you got to <laughs> the 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 the, Mar- the the Marvel Legends series is that way on the Disney Plus app. And uh, you need to do some research because otherwise or maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to look at Tom's very handsome face. Sure. Um, and, and you get to see that for for 50 minutes this episode. Or maybe like me, you're a fan of time travel stories and hopefully they're going to do something interesting with that. I always do. And this is never this has been a more of a concern on the on the Star Wars side of the fence. But like I am I am a little concerned with some of the shit that they have pulled in the first two TV series. I've always got this this nagging question in this like, does Marvel know what they're doing by kicking open some of these doors with like witchcraft and mind yeah. control of and like making uh, or, or having a Captain America figure beat someone to death of the shield and redeeming him into like, did they understand like the, the long ranging kind of like moral and like metaphysical quandaries that they're creating their universe? And I like that that like man i felt like i was looking over like they're because they're in, in danger of making like all the mcu kind of irrelevant okay because in in because it's like it's a purely like uh the, the this this the system that they're positing is a purely deterministic by force like if you if you if you don't you know like the, 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 the seams of destiny and all that stuff it's not like you're just trying to overcome some kind of like cosmic limitation or like you know uh outwit a paradox Mm-hmm. No, there's actually laws and enforcement agencies. And, you know, if you don't play your path, you get reset and put back on it. And like, man, that really kind of cuts the balls out of Tony Stark's one in 14 million timeline gambit. Right. Because. If well, it, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if, if we if we get the sure. 13th million one where Tony Stark craters on a moon somewhere, the time cops come in, wee woo, wee woo, reset and put it back. So it's like. Fuck, yeah. man, was that even heroic? You know, uh, is are the villains villainous? Uh, if we're yeah. all just on a stage I mean, playing our part, thing, right? I mean, this show is going to ask those questions. It definitely encourages us to it encourages Loki to think about why he's doing the things he's doing and the harm he's causing mm. and all that stuff. So, uh, I yeah, I think it's it's probably going to go some interesting places morally, some interesting places uh, temporally, and I'm kind of in for it like I, I i do love i do love me some time travel and some philosophy and yep i i i'm hesitant to to lean into that here because it's marvel and i don't know that they're gonna go super deep i don't know if they're gonna try something audacious but maybe i i keep my fingers crossed hoping they will try something really cool and i thought wandavision was maybe gonna be that wandavision turned out to be less than i had hoped for um yeah and now here I am, you know, two months later or whatever, hoping again that this will happen. Maybe I'm a fool, but I'm hoping they'll prove me wrong. It also feels like it's much more. And I don't know. It's only been one episode. Right. Uh, and no one's seen more than two episodes. Um, but like it does feel like more that this is a linchpin into the next phase of Marvel. That's what right? I was wondering if if it even matters that that they make all of the MCU to this point irrelevant. Maybe that's the plan. Mm. Right. They They want to do right. that. 
or this might be well i don't want to give spoilers but they <laughs> you know too to much a they hint no i don't actually but they, oh, okay. they hint in this episode to a cataclysmic event that they imply happened in the past uh-huh but with the nature of like time and looping and all that, I wonder if like this next big phase of Marvel is going to build into the inevitability of this, you know, multiverse event that's happening. And that's going to be the new infinity sequence. All these kind of. Well, so so I, I, that that's the, the, the thing that I think is interesting. And maybe that like Marvel realizes, hey, we're in an, we're in a prison of our own making here with this timeline shit. Maybe this the next phase is going to be essentially a jailbreak. Mm-hmm. So that would be really cool. Yeah. And I, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm not willing to count Marvel out. It just feels like that this is like this is actually feels like stuff that's going to definitely be c- cut. I, and I don't even know what the net. What is the main sequence now? Is it still the Avengers? Most of the Avengers are gone. They're the ones we care about. Yeah. You got you got. Thor, I mean, I guess Ant-Man, it's the stuff that's happening. Spider-Man, after. the Hulk. Yeah, like WandaVision is mainline, right? Like, uh, but it felt it felt much more confined to like those characters and uh, Captain Winter, uh, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon felt like more confined to those characters where this feels much more. Oh, no, this is more Infinity Stones, like very DNA fabric of the universe that you're messing with. Sure. Um, So we we shall see. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be Black Widow, right? <laughs> They're not going to do much with that thing. So, right. Uh, or maybe right. they'll surprise us. Who knows? Uh, it's true. Yeah, the, the, the other thing. Timeline. It's got to be a timeline where Black Widow's still alive, right? Sure. Yeah. We can explore that timeline and then come crashing mm-hmm. back to the till, till sacred it hits one. the red line, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say there, this first episode, it, as it probably should, feels very like breadcrumby. Like it's, it's, r- Introducing a mystery that is just the very tippiest top of the iceberg. Uh, And so I am hopeful that they will go somewhere bigger with it because it almost seems too obvious uh, what they've set up here. And at the end Mm -hmm. of this first episode, and I won't give any spoilers yet. We'll talk about it later in the episode. Uh, But yeah, I, I hope that's not all there is to it because I feel like the jig is already up. If that's the case, there's got to be so Mm -hmm. much more to this. Yeah. Uh, why don't we start our recap now that we've talked about all that? And there are going to be big spoilers in here, obviously. So if you haven't seen the episode, uh, maybe go watch it and then come back. I'll do. I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> Shit, you haven't seen it. <laughs> this is gonna be. Oh, a, we're supposed to come prepared. One. I thought this is. I thought this is the preview. Shit. Oh man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Uh, all right. We start off in New York in 2012. And you might recognize this scene because it's straight out of the Avengers. Uh, they try to move the Tesseract, but Hulk ruins the plan and Loki takes it and teleports out. Uh, t- time portals out. I don't know. Is this just a teleport? It's honestly a stick. It's honestly sticky. Um, mm-hmm. it do- and it doesn't matter because he's going to be immediately apprehended by time cops and brought back to where he should be. So like, this is all yeah. kind of a theoretical, especially, I think it's literally like, uh, w- w- yeah, go ahead. Let's, let's talk about the, yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess I should let you describe the scene. Uh, he drops out in the middle of Mongolia in the Gobi desert, uh, into, he, he just drops out of this portal into the sand. Some members of the time variance authority, the TVA come through their own portal. They call him a variant. They arrest him. And then they quote unquote reset the timeline. That seems ominous. Like every time they do this timeline reset, it feels very sinister. Like all these people are going to die uh, to their, you know, they're going to cease existence uh, to be sacrificed for the main timeline. Um, I really like this scene because it's like Loki starts right back. Cause, cause the thing is you got to remember throughout this episode is this is this, this Loki got his ass kicked by by the incredible Hulk 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, so he's still in this, like I'm burdened with glorious purpose. Uh, I love how he starts it. And then he sees a rock, a boulder that he can jump up on to get above these Mongolian people. And he like, he gets on the soapbox and, uh, just starts getting this. Sh- he's going to just going to start his rule of Midgard right here with this, this nomadic people. And they can't uh, this, even understand him, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Famously easy to conquer uh, step people of uh, Mongolia. Uh-huh, sure. Uh, <laughs> but he's going to the, 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 the TVA. So I want to talk about this a little bit because I was dimly aware of the TVA because uh, I this this kind of was born in my Marvel heyday. So like Marvel had always been known as being fast and loose, their continuity, and they would issue like no prizes if you could pick out like plot holes and stuff uh, and write into them. And they, it was kind of like this playful thing. There's this one. Uh, writer editor producer towards the late 80s early 90s that's like you know what marvel's been around for a couple decades now this is all going to collapse in on its own weight and 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 he might have been right because that's essentially what dc did dc's like you know what fuck it there's too much shit going on we're going to destroy everything and new 52 uh marvel's (laughs) tried to get ahead of that and it's like let's let's be actually more like like uh thoughtful about how we introduce new concepts and make sure we don't contradict ourselves and the TVA was initially an inside joke, a meta joke about this editors, you know, trying to rein in Marvel's worst impulses. And mm-hmm. they envisioned it as these like infinite office spaces uh, populated by clones of this guy who looked exactly like the current Marvel editor in chief. And he would come nice. in and be like, no, that's not. And you got to prune this and you got. So it's kind of like an in-universe joke about this guy trying to. to and it became uh, like a lot of Marvel things do. People thought it was funny. It kept on reappearing and people would start riffing on it and jazzing with it. And it kind of became its own thing. Um, I, I had no idea. Like, but it's also inherently a meta concept. Sure. Like the TVA enforces a single timeline and everyone plays the parts that they play because they're literally fictional characters being created to be villains. What's their motivation? Well, they might have some, you can invent that a tragic backstory involving frost giants and, uh, you know, misplaced birthrights and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, feeling weird about your adoptive parents. But Loki's a villain because he's written to be a villain. He's based Mm -hmm. on a Norse God that was kind of like lowercase villainous. And the TVA is all representation of that. I'm not sure. 
I, this is one of the big questions I have is if you take that metaphysical conceit of, you know, the like like uh, uh, Kevin Feige, Feige, I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name 12 years into it. Right. But if he's the TVA, what does that actually mean in the story? Because we don't want I don't think to believe their heroes are on these little railroad things and they have to be heroic, not because they're digging deep inside, because they were always meant to be heroic and they can't. And if they tried to be anything else, someone would come in and wee woo, wee woo, arrest them and put them back on the timeline. It's an inherently sinister, almost fascist concept. And yeah, I surely Marvel knows this, right? Well, and it renders some of the scenes in this episode even uh, a little ridiculous, right? I mean, when you're asking Loki, like, why do you hurt people? Well, was he given any other choice? Or were the time cops there whenever he did a good deed to shut down that that particular line and reset the the timeline and stick him back on his bad guy path you know yeah lots uh, of blows to loki's ego in this episode that was uh, the those are some of the bigger ones and i, I just yeah, yeah i just wonder how this will all and also like the fact that you know michael waldron is the the showrunner of this uh dan Harmon disciple uh mm-hmm. cut his teeth writing episodes for community um did some work with spencer um another Harmon disciple on Harmon quest uh, wrote and uh, created some episodes on Rick and Morty, and you can see all that fucking DNA. Mm-hmm. Like this whole phase doesn't exist. Does had this guy not gone through the Rick and Morty school and the timey wimey? Because this feels very much, very much like a Rick multi Rick verse episode where oh, yeah. the Council of Rick is coming in and trying mm-hmm. to you know uh, harsh somebody's buzz. Yeah, especially that that scene which you saw in the trailer, right? Like sign these documents that that verify this is everything you've ever said. And then he said something else. They print out a new page. They slap it on the very, stack and do it again. Very yeah. Rick and Morty. Very yeah, Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one question. I'm. I, I wonder if you. I, I was thinking about you a lot in the very, very early goings this episode because <laughs> I was wondering I myself. I hate it. Yeah. No, I didn't think you'd hate it, but I was like, okay. your standard complaint is like, well. What is what is Loki and Thor being gods? What does that mean? How can they be? My question is, like, why wasn't Loki more powerful in the early goings this episode before they once they slap the time leash on him? OK, and they get him to this pocket dimension where his powers don't work. Yeah. When he's out there in the Gobi Desert, he should be able to call down some Asgardian magic. He should be maybe not as strong as Thor. But he's way stronger than your average baseline humans. And it makes it a lot of questions like, who are these agents? Why do they all yeah. look human? Uh-huh. Why do they look like anything? How powerful are they? And those are big open questions I have because like mm-hmm. I'm starting to believe that this is like the Matrix where like they're not even people. They're just lines of green code. You're just perceiving something that makes sense to your human or Asgardian senses. You know? Yeah. I mean, during uh, this whole thing, I'm thinking are what are these TVA officers? Are they simply the embodiment of natural laws of the universe uh, that keep our standard you know timeline as we know it in check and and keep it our timeline or is it you know some something where these are actual beings um entities that do go around destroying other timelines and keeping people on a specific one uh there's certainly I think hints that's, that's yet to be totally answered um although yeah. i do th- i do lean uh lean toward the latter version of that for sure yeah, I'm going to point out hints of like the nature of these agents as I because, again, I this is not like advanced knowledge I have. I was very dimly aware of the TVA. And when I was reading, the TVA was more of like a joke 
Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you would have like a little editor's note at the bottom about the TVA correcting something or something. Um, so like, I don't, this is not me ever for it, but I'm going to just try to pick out some like the hints. I think they're trying to give us as to the nature of these time agents as we go along. They pack a serious punch. Uh, maybe that's why he's not more powerful because he's traveling at one sixteenth speed. And the cheesiest, shittiest line in the entire show, uh, but feeling all that pain in real time. Uh, God, I hated this line so much. It almost spoiled the entire beginning of this for me. <laughs> so, really? so dumb. It's yeah, it's very dread. You know, yeah, like hit, hit you with some slow mo and and punch you in the face. But uh, I did like the visual of the time club hitting him and the 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 He's got like, some liquid the, the cheeks, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> needs to do some cheek exercises or something. It's gonna start sagging. He's getting older. Yeah. Oh, also this uh this is uh one me Masaku uh-huh. who really impressed us in Lovecraft Country last year. Uh her character is I guess referred to as a hunter and her designation is B fifteen mm-hmm. and she appears to be pretty powerful slash high up in the time cop police. Yeah. Um she's system. like uh she's she's there seem to be you know standard police branches uh, uh or police uh roles like you got the detective you got the yep. officers who actually go out and enforce shit um mm-hmm. you got the judges and captains and mm-hmm. judges yeah 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 so uh it'll be pretty familiar to most people uh all right loki's taken to an office he tries to escape but the tva officer keeps resetting him with this device and sort of rewinding his timeline then they put him in a chamber with uh a robot changes his clothes and drops him into another office where he signs the paperwork to verify that everything he's ever said uh, he's dropped again and asked to verify that he's not a robot and has a soul and then take a picture of his temporal aura which I imagine is going to come in to play later and they send him along yeah. to a room where he's given the rundown on the TVA by what I can only describe as a Jurassic Park esque animation of a clock uh, it says that he messed up by creating an alternate timeline and they're here to fix his mistake and make him stand trial for it. They have they have a couple of cool things where it's like you they establish the stakes because they have this other guy who is some kind of time traveling schlub. He's doing some kind of stock market time manipulation, it seems like. And he just gets unfucking made. Yeah. Which kind of like makes Loki sit up and take notice and take this a little bit more seriously. Um, but like a lot of stuff we were kind of alluding to in the the the, the pre-show that they established that. At some point in the history, there's a multiversal war mm. where all the multiverses battled for supremacy and it was threatening to destroy the fabric of reality itself and almost did. And these three timekeepers who look suspiciously, one of them looks suspiciously like Thanos wearing a goatee. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. But they all look very kind of like eternal kind of, you know, cosmic being flowing robes, serious faces and me. me um, but they, they took it upon themselves to organize all these multiverses, all these tangled threads, and they collapse it into a single timeline. Um, what they referred to as a sacred timeline. And then these timekeepers are then tasked to hunt down variants, people that step off this timeline. And they make it clear that it's not always malicious. Like, Maybe you're trying to time travel to change history. Maybe you just went the wrong direction. Maybe you're running late for work and sped to a light and you weren't supposed to, but you're a variant and you created a nexus event. Does this nexus have anything to do with the nexuses that we saw in like WandaVision? Uh, hmm. 
and Maybe. then they hunt then they hunt you down and bring you to time justice mm-hmm. and that sometimes means that you're reset um which is kind of ominous it sometimes means you're pruned which is definitely ominous that's the the unmaking um yeah. but that but, but that yeah and, and like but everyone in tva looks very human which is suspect sure uh so then we go to france in 1549 so we're time traveling here uh and the tva detective examines the scene of a nexus event that went off the rails the TVA officers were killed by a variant, and this is like the sixth time this has happened. Then some kid shows up, and, and uh, the detective asks her who did this, and she says, essentially, it's the devil. He notices that her teeth are blue, and she shows him the gummies chewing, and they have to leave. But before they do, another officer portals in and shows him that Loki has been apprehended. There's also this referring to like they they pull out the scanner and it shows that the timeline they're on is diverging. It's going to this uh, this uh, I keep on using the word ominous, red. but it is red. ominous red line. What what happens if they get to the red line before they reset it? Mm. Very curious. Very curious. I would think also, they could just go back in time and stop them, but you know. Yeah, who knows? They, they, we, we, the, the kid says it's the devil. We have to point to a stained glass. But I think the the uh, the, the important thing to note is the big pointy horns mm-hmm. that uh, Loki is is known to sport from time to time. Uh-huh. Uh, they'll make this explicit by the end of the episode. But they do. Yeah, uh, uh, but they, they reset this shit. This kid probably doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like one of the biggest questions you have when you start realizing, OK, they can travel through time here, right to 1549. But they can't travel back far enough to both see who committed this crime and also stop it from happening. That or did they try that? The f- and, or, or, or are there rules preventing it? Yeah, I mean, th- these are all questions I have. I'm not saying anything is broken here. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah, I yeah. want to know more because uh, it seems like they're limited by some type of either natural physical limitation. They can't do it or some code of ethics that they have something. Or it's a weakness to their one timeline. The fact that like you're labeled a variant means you don't fit into that timeline. So you are by definition a lot harder to track down and discover, especially probably yeah. the longer your variant, the more weird it gets. So I, that, that's that's one of the questions I had, too, is like what why can't they just, you know, examine the timeline, see where this person jumped off and go and end it. And if they miss the first apprehension event, rewind it and do it again. Yeah. Like you literally have nothing but time. And we may be be seeing that, right? We might be seeing the beginning of that process, which I don't know what beginning means in this context, but well, like we said, that big cataclysmic multi, like one of my, the theories that I've seen that I like a lot is that the new Marvel universe is building up to that multiverse. Like we are, this is a time as the flat circle, Russ Cole bullshit kind of stuff that like, this cataclysmic event hasn't happened, will always happen, happened yesterday, is going to happen in the next movie. And when we finally catch up to that, it's going to be a real fucking corker. Okay. You're putting a lot of money down on this theory based on some pretty <laughs> slim information here. I hope that you're I'm, not setting I'm, yourself I'm, up I'm for putting, disappointment. I'm putting a plug nickel. That's that's how much it's worth okay. at this point. But it's a cool idea because it, it is, also neatly yeah. explains like, well, if you put everything on the one timeline, everything's purely deterministic and then no one is really heroic or villainous. They're just playing their part. The best thing to do is to jailbreak out of that. So everything's random yeah. again. So like the Marvel is putting itself in a jail uh, or has revealed itself to always have been in a jail and we're going to jailbreak it. We'll see. 
yeah, it's got to be some stuff that they're going to do in the next Doctor Strange movie, because that first one is so big. It's like, oh, yeah, holy hell. If you're going to go bigger than that, where do you go? That could definitely be part of it. And we saw the Sorcerer Supreme and in, in, uh, in game, like not only the master of time, but like she can recognize when things are off. Like she she has like innate knowledge of the timeline. It's the sacred timeline uh-huh. itself. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, I, this is maybe the Doctor Strange is going to be the new mainline uh, uh, Marvel thing. I'd probably be cool with that. I yeah, I, I love Doctor Strange. Yeah. All right. Loki's taken to a courtroom and asks how he pleads. Of course. He's still very confused uh, and very uh, full of himself. And he, you know, pleads innocent, finds the whole thing tedious, tries to use his powers uh, to smite everyone, but it doesn't work. And they find him guilty and sentence him to be reset. But then the detective gets permission to take Loki into his custody. I didn't know Loki had a last name, honestly. Uh, I mean, they do in the kind of way that all these Scandinavian types do, like Thor is Odin's son. (laughs) <laughs> this is literally his father's name and then son attached to it. Okay. Um, gotcha. Now, the thing that I don't remember is if he, because in Thor Dark, I, I think that, I can't, I mean, maybe I should have watched this first Thor, because I can't remember which movie he gets revealed that he is. I think it might be the first one. So he already, this isn't like a, a humiliation for him. He already knows he's not Odin's real son. Um, but yeah, that's just, that's just, uh, hmm. Leafyson is his last Loki Leaf. I thought it was kind of weird too, but I forgot that his dad's that that was his father's name. Apparently, is the second Thor the one with the Frost Giants? Um, the, the attack of they the Frost all, Giants. I the the, the or his the, mom. No, gets it's all about all the, the, the the Dark Elves is what ends up killing his his uh, mother. Oh right, but. I think it's the I, yeah, I guess I said, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the it's 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 all I think the the, the big reveals of Loki's uh, childhood is in the first one. OK, cool. Um, then yeah, he probably does have that knowledge. I also like how Loki at this like as again, this is right after Avengers where he fails. But like his assumption the whole time of when he gets saw the Avengers like doing the time travel stuff is like, oh, this must be their last ditch effort to stave off my ascension to God Kinghood. Mm-hmm. Like, no, dude, you become kind of like the rolling butt of all the jokes and kind of like a halfway good guy. Like he has no idea what's coming for him. Yeah. Uh, and having this like uh, it's almost like when you get in a, a toy story and they got a new way to explore diluted Buzz Lightyear. Uh-huh. He's got huge diluted Buzz Lightyear energy throughout the early goings <laughs> this episode. And I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hiddleston is great at portraying that. And yeah, yeah. it works. And there's a lot of it. in this also, episode. So. And they also like Loki's powers. This is where they established because he's like, I'm only guilty of doing this. And he tries to do a Loki thing and just nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and they established it. Magic, among other powers, do not work here. Yeah. So then the detective who has still to this point not introduced himself uh, takes Loki to see the rest of the city, which I guess is very impressive. Uh, I don't know. It just looks like a CD CGI jumble to me it didn't i wasn't super impressed he is uh they continue on did, did you want to say something about that i was gonna say it looks like yeah the time city looks like a utopian version of blade runner okay like, instead of rainy and nighttime it's perpetual dawn and everything's golden and shiny instead of industrial concrete and metal but yeah. like flying cars 
bright light displays stacked cities it's it's very very it's a it's a noble bright version of the grim dark blade runner universe it has like a steampunky uh clock type clockwork type uh feel to it like it does have not, not very a lot of like retro. gears but it, the colors the palette of the thing feels very retro yeah, yeah. It does feel very neo retro. Like mm-hmm. I, I think Steppenwall described it as like what a 1950s science fiction writer yeah. would would portray a city of the future to look like. For sure. Um, a lot of Art Deco elements in there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, so he's then uh, the finally the detective introduces himself as Agent Mobius and then takes Loki to his office uh, or is this his office or some interrogation room? I don't know. Uh, it could, it could be either. It's just a place to it talk. Could be both. They describe it, but yeah. it does seem like it's his maybe his office. All right. Um, yeah, where he explains that he specializes in the pursuit of dangerous variants, and then Mobius kind of psychoanalyzes Loki for a while with the help of this machine that can display different uh times i suppose and then things that happen in those time periods and so he displays a bunch of his past um with his his family and whatnot and then he also shows him his future on the sacred timeline one where he accidentally kills his mother by trying to kill thor then tells loki that he was born to cause pain and death in order to help the avengers achieve the best versions of themselves um which you know doesn't really flatter a god who considers themselves the ruler the the divine ruler of the the world burdened with a glorious purpose now no. yeah um there's a couple so this is one of the first hints about the the nature of the agents this agent's name is mobius mm-hmm. in the comic books his name his full name is mobius m mobius so probably Swear. mobius 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 do you know mm-hmm. you know what a mobius strip is jim yeah it's uh think of like a figure eight-esque uh form it, it it's essentially a form that folds back in on itself and there it's an unbroken uh line if you just follow it yeah it has like it's it's got like infinite surface area because you can't let you you can't ever finish measuring its surface because it just keeps looping back it's it's commonly used as an infinity symbol yeah loki at this point in this conversation i think asked him how long he's been here and he's like oh you know to make some non-committal I think that you're supposed to understand that this guy is like some kind of eternal thing. Like he's always existed. He always will exist. Like yeah. it's in his name. Again, this isn't any kind of like background. This is just what I'm going off based on his name and the association with Mobius, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I which, don't think he's human. I mean, it does make me wonder because there are people above him. Right. And like, uh, so the, the implication there would be that they are also eternal and they have, no, been around as long as he has which is infinite um i don't know or it could just be hey what's a time time related concept uh that we could name this guy oh i know mobius hmm we'll see there's 
there's also a lot of fun. There's, there's so there's a, some of the psychoanalysis, as you mentioned, is important for the, the end of the episode because he keeps on saying, like, you know, what are you, the god of mischief? And then he shows him killing Agent Coulson in the first Avengers, plucking out that yeah. dude's eyeball. And it's like, this doesn't seem mischievous. This seems like cruelty and pain for its sake. And then there's a crucial point where Loki says, like, enough of this. I recognize what this is. This is an illusion, a desperate attempt to maintain the appearance of control, which is used against him later in the episode mm-hmm. for for pretty devastating effect. Um, but 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 the, yeah, this is all just a, a, a kick into Loki's crotch. The fact that, like, all you're going to do is not only bring pain to people who might not matter to you, but you're going to uh, kill the, that which matters most. And all of this is just in service for some other people to be able to shine. Yeah. You are a foil to demonstrate their goodness. Um, it plays a lot like uh, Morpheus taking Neo into the, uh, the, the Matrix for the first time and showing him what it is. It's like it's like it's a sickening experience yeah. uh, for Loki. And they have some fun with it, too. Uh, there's, you know, a sequence here where he turns out to have been D.B. Cooper and he's. <laughs> you know, raptured uh, by Asgard after he jumps out of the plane, which explains a probably lot. Got, I don't know if uh, how well the D.B. Cooper legend is in uh, the popular mythos. Do you want to run down like the D.B. Cooper just for people who might have saw that as a weird sec- non sequitur? Yeah, uh, apparently it's a guy who like uh, did what you see on the screen here where he, you know, essentially holds a plane hostage, gets a bunch of money flies off and then at some point he jumps out of the plane and his body was never found uh and it's a huge mystery right like people don't understand like how could this guy did, did he survive there's like all, all a bunch of legend about how he survived and lived wherever did whatever with the money and, and in this timeline he is like i said taken by uh the asgardians via their magic rainbow road uh, Yep. whatever it's yep. called and, and it's as a result of a lost Betty had with Thor so it's like they contrast uh-huh. him plucking people's eyeballs with in Loki and more innocent days and timelines mm-hmm. where he's literally just a god of mischief just fucking with humans because it's funny yeah and everyone's kind of in on the joke uh-huh. uh so then the TVA officer I think this is uh one me comes in and mm-hmm. says hey we got a situation uh, yes, Hunter B-15. Uh, Mobius leaves Loki in the room by himself and then Hunter B-15 tells Mobius they lost another unit. So Mobius goes back into where Loki was, but he's gone, having stolen the vice Mobius was using to control him. Uh, and there's this war between we gotta recover Loki because he's important to us versus B-12, or is it B-15? B-15. Uh, B-15 saying, B-12 is a vitamin complex, B-15 is badass. B-15 uh, saying that we're going to prune him on site. So it's like, who's going to find Loki first? Right. And there's, yeah, a chase ensues, right? Loki's teleporting around while Mobius and B-15 are searching for him. Uh, It's not clear to me how he's teleporting because his magic powers still aren't working. And he's got the Tesseract, but I think they established that the Tesseract has no power here either. I think it's this device that he took from... Mobius. Oh, it's that. It's so it can't just rewind time, but it can also temporarily displace you. It's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, that would explain it. Because <laughs> okay. you're right, his powers okay. are useless right now because he's still got the collar on. Um, or maybe this is all supposed to happen, so they're kind of like allowing him to flex. Yeah. A little, I don't know. I, it was, I mean, that, these are that's questions. Throughout the episode, 
Yeah, throughout the episode, it's like, well, how power, but like this clearly in his pocket dimension, the rules aren't the same. Like, I I believe that, uh, you know, oh, yeah. anyone can can just beat the shit out of Thor in this dimension if they wanted to. So and they say as much, right? They're like every time something timey, wimey happens, uh, like he gets rewound by this device or something. Mobius is there mm-hmm. to say time doesn't work. how you think it does here. You yeah, dipshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, mm hmm. Yeah, they they say that several times. I think we'll see more of that pretty soon. Anyway, he uh, Loki tries to threaten Casey, the mailroom guy, into getting the test rack for him, and it works. They're just in some drawer in an office there. Also in the drawer, a bunch of Infinity Stones, which catch Loki's eye, but apparently they're useless here, and the office workers just use them as paperweights. Uh, and I, I love how this is this is the this one is thing it. that really this this crushes Loki. Like yeah. the thing that has been his ambition is just these bobbles, like mm-hmm. people using them as paperweights and shit. Like, and and uh, Tom does a great job of just showing like Loki collapse in on himself. Like, here is everything I've ever wanted in triplicate, yeah. and it's like it's like that scene in uh, uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher where his tutor is like, "Oh, <laughs> you want a Grandmaster paper? Yeah. Here, I got Xeroxes of them. Fuck it, you thought this was unique, and yeah, it's, it's it just really guts him." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and oh, it's did, actually what causes him to realize this is probably the greatest power in the universe here. Uh, did you did you recognize this Casey guy, by the way? Is he in? I do, but I can't place him. Where is I he? just I just watched season four of The Good Place. He is Pillboy, okay. one yes. of Jason's idiot Jacksonville DJ friends. And he kind of plays Pillboy like an immortal time cop version of Pillboy in this. I mean, it's like he's Loki's, got a Pillboy I'm gonna face, gut you. right? He does. He does. He's like Loki's. Like I'm gonna gut you like a fish. What's a fish? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like that's another thing. It's like okay, what does it mean to have a Pillboy version of a time cop employee, right? That doesn't even know what a fucking fish is. It- like all these guys know all timelines, uh, know all languages spoken in the multiverse, but they don't know what a fish is. How is that even possible? I don't know. It might and just be a little probably, fun thing that Marvel's having, but does that imply that they're not human or at least that if they are human, they've never lived on Earth? I think it heavily implies that the fact that they're, you know, Im- uh, immune to the Infinity Stones. And I think so. I in, in reading, doing some research, I came across something that like Marvel, this is an established piece of Marvel lore that like Infinity Stones only have power for within their parent universes. Huh, so if you okay. took like so like uh, the, the mainline Marvel universe is called Earth 616. OK, that's like where everything happens. And then if anything happens different, like it's on a different timeline. So if you took like the, you know, the Mind Stone from 616 and you moved it to 617, that Mind Stone would just be a gym. It wouldn't have its intrinsic power. It only has that within its parent universe. Gotcha. So it could be that since this is some kind of like liminal space uh, that none of the Infinity Stones would work. Mm-hmm. Um but also, it's also could be that these are just very powerful beings that like uh, it reminds me of like uh, uh, Tom Bombadil in the Lord of the Rings, the uh, the way that like he was able to just pick up the one ring and it had no power over him at all. And he's like able to mm-hmm. like just laugh at it and, you know, that, that doesn't work on him. It just 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 again, another thing to display is like the, the power that these people have. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he realizes, hey, this is powerful. And then uh, B-15 finds him. And he teleports back to the interrogation room and uses this machine to view his family, um, his mother, then his father, then, you know, tender moments with Thor. But then he sees Thanos choking him 
and killing him and his file ends, which is pretty devastating. Uh, and then Hunter B-15 finds Loki and they fight. He removes his collar, puts it on her and then rewinds her a bunch. Yeah, I um, speaking of that Earth 616, I thought it was a nice, nice little Easter egg when the, the film ran out on Loki's file. Um, it was labeled as ETH, like Loki dash ETH dash 616. Huh. OK, um, so apparently that's the sacred timeline. Um, and, and his just he just watched his end. Yeah. Another humiliation for the God of Mischief. Mm hmm. Uh, so eventually B-15 is teleported away. Mobius returns to the interrogation room and they talk through a job offer, which involves Loki hunting another version of himself. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and this is where, you know, that, that thing about uh, illusion being a desperate play by the week to inspire, you know, fear and assert control. This comes back to haunt him in this scene. Yeah, he realizes that uh, he's been projecting a whole hell of a lot um, yep. uh, of things. Uh, it's it, also interesting how uh, Mobius described Loki as a pussycat, but the ultra dangerous variant that they're trying to track down is also Loki. Yeah. Which is an interesting way um, to have it kind of both ways. Like, we like Loki as a good guy. That's kind of what the premise mm-hmm. of the series is that we've. Re- but also Loki is a bad guy and it's kind of neat that you can have both those things be simultaneously true in this up. He Loki is the biggest of the bad. That's like befuddling this most powerful Marvel universe thing, but he's also the meat pussycat. That's kind of a bumbling fool. That's insecure to just like a lot wants his mom. Both things of those can be true. And you wonder like, is the only thing that separates that Loki from this Loki time? Uh, where did that Loki come yeah. from? Like, there's all these questions I have about like what, what, and 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 what does it mean that you got this guy running amok? If you've already, yeah, yeah, like it, it it's it's right. kind of, it, it raises a lot of questions. It does. Um, another cool thing I think it might be able to do is, you know, Loki trying to stop Loki might make the 616 Loki or whatever this this version of Loki that is the center of the show turn himself into his best version of himself the way he's doing with the Avengers right there's like this weird symmetry between like is he gonna yeah essentially become a hero by the end of this because of the terrible things that he does you know it's and was it always supposed to happen like right. what does that even mean if yeah is this part yeah. of the sacred timeline are they is yeah. this an illusion, right? That's meant to yeah. control. And I really hope Marvel has a handle on all of this stuff because right? if they don't like, it's going to run a risk of like, I think that's like, even the people that really like the previous two, um, it, I, I think you'll grant that it did like, and if you were obsessively following the Joanna Robinson podcasts and the behind the scenes stuff and the reddits and the four, like you, I think almost walked away disappointed because like some of these big questions that Marvel seemed to be asking these doors, they're open. Uh, actually, they didn't really want to walk through those. They didn't really want to answer those. Actually, those questions were, weren't even intended to be raised. Yeah, like, you know, that's the worst. Y- when and, you don't realize I, the questions you're raising. And I don't know. I there's a, there's a lot of, I don't know if you read any of the advanced interviews of Michael Waldron, but he's like not only citing obviously his Rick and Morty expertise, but he's like citing shit like the leftovers. Yeah. As like inspirations that. that go into this. And I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's a heavy name to throw around these parts, sir. And, and <laughs> I think it, that implies a certain a kind of, of I, I mean, I'm, 
I'm not going to sure. say that doesn't exist here. Like the, the leftovers, there were a lot of moments where I felt very lost in the leftovers with a bunch of information that was confusing, didn't seem to make sense and ultimately like didn't need to make sense. Sure. And, and maybe they'll go that direction where like by the end of this, I won't be caring about the questions that I had in this episode because they've done something yeah. much more powerful, much better. And a God struggling with identity and insecurity and loss and grief. And what yeah. is my purpose here? If I was deprived of the purpose or like if life ultimately just like, you know, leftovers, people dealing with when 2% of the world goes missing. What the fuck does that even mean for the survivors? What does that mean for just belief in causality and, you mm-hmm. know, participating in the system? You could have similar things in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe because of this and exploring it through Loki, which is one of the more interesting multifaceted villains they've had, uh, is pretty interesting concept. Sure. I just hope they're not bullshitting me. I hope they're not just (laughs) being They're just like, oh, yeah, I fucking uh, there's a little bit of Breaking Bad in here. A little bit of like, you know, it's like, like, come on. I I, I really hope you guys are, are, are are, are taking that seriously. Yeah, I've seen a lot of big talk about how influential this uh, series is going to be to the rest of the Marvel timeline. So Mm -hmm. I hope they can back it up. Yeah. Selena, Oklahoma, 1858. The TVA shows up and they're going to destroy this alternate timeline at the Nexus event here, but they are killed by a mysterious hooded figure. Obviously, Loki, I don't. It, well, m- maybe the, the time cops are wrong. Maybe it's not Loki who's been doing this and, and they don't show who it is here. So potentially it could be someone else. Uh, anyway, the figure takes a vial of something the TVA dropped, which I assume is probably the charge that they were going to use to destroy the timeline, which I think kind of it, it, it either gives away too much of the game here too soon or the game is not or it's intentionally misleading. It's it's a bit of a red herring. Because mm-hmm. I don't think Loki's just going to go around destroying other timelines. That's too simple. But like what would happen like if he is like he's got another weird gr- glowing staff, which is always trouble mm-hmm. with Loki. And yeah, it wasn't mean that staff. he has one of the like timeline reset devices. Like what if he would deploy deploy that within the TVA headquarters? Right. Or I mean, it's like, you know, one of the timekeepers themselves somehow. Right. Like. Yeah, there's like he's getting like power like these are established as powers greater than that of even the Infinity Stones. And yeah, now this Loki's is a, got the new Tesseract, right? <laughs> at least one of them. So yeah. like, holy shit, that's a pretty, pretty bad deal. And like you said, we don't even know it's Loki, but like if it's not Loki, I almost kind of be pissed because they've really yeah. set up to be this to be Loki. Yeah, I mean, I want to see how smart Loki is. I want to see if he's smarter than the timekeepers. Uh, you know, the timekeepers have a lot of really cool tools at their disposal. They can make mm-hmm. your face wobble a lot. Um, they can also destroy and I guess uh, maybe create timelines. Who knows? Maybe they can intentionally create them. Um, but it is interesting. How smart are they? You know, are they omniscient? I don't think so because they don't know how to catch Loki here. Uh Maybe Loki's smarter than them. Maybe if he had the tools that they have, he could rule the every universe, right? Like, yeah, uh, that's interesting because, like, also there's there's that really comedic part where 
Loki here, you know, Mobius says something like, oh, that's uh, what that you talk in metaphors a lot to sound smart. He's like, I am smart. Mm -hmm. Okay, you are smart. Okay, okay. So, (laughs) yeah. What if he can't outsmart these guys? What if he what if they're only all powerful because they enforce the single timeline? So everything is deterministic. And if they ever lose control over that, it's going to be madness. I mean, they imply as much Uh like. You know, you saw the timeline before they they straighten it out, and it was just this fucking rat nest. Yeah, it's yeah, bowl of spaghetti. Yeah, of, of of conflict and war and all that. So like, it seems like maybe and and you you know again the theme of the illusion of control, mm-hmm. um, something the 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 weak do to 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 make people feel like they're helpless and powerless. Like that could easily be um like applied. So the TVA is like their their hold is absolute but extremely fragile. Right. Uh. So yeah, this is this this covered a lot of ground in, in one one episode for sure. And the TVA hour. feels very overconfident in themselves too. Like maybe they are currently the most powerful entity in the universe, but is that always going to be the case? Yeah, a little prequel era Jedi order. Mm-hmm. Like you know, they can't possibly the Sith haven't been around for ten thousand years. Like there's no way. Yeah, yeah, they they feel very overconfident and and maybe a little little uh lazy little callous maybe have stopped using any kind of judgment or critical uh, thinking ability yeah i don't know we'll see i think it was a promising first episode uh i know critics have seen the second one already and they say that it's even better um and it opens more doors and possibilities for the series so well, I'm, I'm very looking forward to the next episode actually doing things because yep. this was again just like an hour of just setting up the plot, reminding you of the things of Loki that they need you to remind you so that everything resonates and introducing this fantastic new force in the so now they can actually do stuff. Like what is the first mission to try to hunt? When is Loki going to meet Nega Loki? Like these these are the the big questions I got going forward. Yeah. Same here. That's it. Can we step out and can we step out and have a meta conversation real quick? Yeah. Well, that does it for us talking about Loki uh, season one, episode one glorious purpose. If you have a glorious theory or feedback, you'd like to send uh, where you're creating a new box for this Marvel at baldmove.com uh, to kind of catch all the, the Loki stuff. And then maybe if we cover another MCU show, uh, we can keep using that, but Marvel at baldmove.com. If you got some thoughts to give us, um, we would appreciate hearing because again, I, I'm uh, I'm pretty shallow at this end of the the Marvel pool lore pool. So if you got any other things you'd like to, to or specific uh, comic storylines, I'm still to, inside to inflating on. my water wings. So <laughs> you're waiting to get your first swim lesson. Yeah, uh, send it in to Marvel at BaldMove.com. That will do it for us this week with uh, Loki, the God of Mischief. We'll be back next Wednesday. Uh, also, uh, we live record these episodes on Working Wednesdays on twitch.tv slash baldmove. So if you want to get the show when it's its freshest, when it's still still on the vine, uh, stop by there some Wednesday afternoon. 1 p.m. Eastern is when we kind of start um, to watch us re- record live. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. <laughs>